All right, everybody. So if you're like a little more nerdy or geeky like me and Jeremy, you'll know that with summer being pretty much here, uh, that also means that convention season is right around the corner. True. You know what I'm saying? We got True. we got Star Wars Celebration this weekend. We got uh, San Diego Comic-Con and Anime Expo later on in the summer. Mm-hmm. But those aren't what I want to talk about today. Today I wanted to talk about my favorite nerd convention, or more accurately, conference. Okay. And how disappointed I was to find out that it's not going to be stateside this year. Oh, no. If you don't yet know what I'm talking about, I'll give you another hint. This is the most bitchless convention <laughs> you, you will ever see or find out or hear about. Okay, okay. CPAC, baby. That's right. CPAC. Our favorite convention. We were going to attend. I wish I wish I could attend, but it's not in America. We could have got press passes. The conservative political action conference mm-hmm. for an American political party mm-hmm. isn't in America right now. <laughs> Tell us where it is. <laughs> Hungry. <laughs> it is in Hungary, right in the middle of Belarus, with Victor motherfucking Orban as its keynote speaker. Bro, bro opened up the conference. They're just openly authoritarian now. Literally. Like, if, mask off. If you don't know anything about Victor Orban and his various antics, uh, we'll dive into it after the intro. That's right. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I can comfortably say with um, 95% confidence. Okay. A 95% confidence interval? Yeah, that this week was absolutely fucking terrible for the news. So absolutely so much happened. It's ridiculous. We got to talk about a lot. We got to talk about midterm coverage, Mm -hmm. um, specifically in Pennsylvania and North Carolina. Facts. We got to talk about some legislation, which is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, We got to talk about a New York bill. Absolutely. And then we got to talk about Elon Musk. Elon Musk back in the headlines again, kind of. So true. Um, so I hope you're strapped up. I hope you're ready. <laughs> and I hope you're bricked up for this episode. Oh, yeah. Just like David Purdue in a donut shop, because we got <laughs> lots to talk about. But before we get into it, well, before you know we what I'm going to say? You guys can probably predict. What are you going to say? You know, I'm, I'm a consistent person. Okay. Check out Patreon. Patreon.com slash Head in the Office Pod. Go to our YouTube, our TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Discord, give us some followers, join the community, head in the office, participate, on all those platforms. We're, but for the Discord, you got to go through a link. We're quickly growing. We're about to start doing TikTok lives. Y'all can That's, hang out. We're with actually us. doing a TikTok live right after we record this episode. Yeah, Sunday we're doing it. So you may miss it by the time this comes you out. You will have missed it. it by like three days, unless you're listening immediately on Patreon. Then it's going on probably right now. Yeah, um, but that's happening. So follow us on all socials and make sure you stay up to date on what's going on because we plans. So exactly, that we keep doing it. You can also give us a five star review. Uh, we got several to read today. Several? Several. We got three of them. Oh, my God. Leave us a five-star review on Apple. I implore you. Get your grandma listening to the show. Okay. Get your grandpa listening. Get a friend. You know, share got the to. show with some friends. And leave us a five-star review. I will love you forever if you do that. But I got to read these reviews real quick. So, first one by Alex Browns 19. Okay. Subject line, the realest of reels. Alex yeah, says, Gage and Jeremy absolutely knock it out of the park with this pod. Finally having a pod that says everything I've been thinking is quite enjoyable. Anyone looking for the number one geopolitical pod might have come to the right place. I'm a true fan of the pod, unlike that turtle from Kentucky. Thank you again for being honest and not holding back on your fire takes, regardless of political party. Also, your Discord is amazing. Peace and love from Cincinnati. Got to. Got to. Discord is amazing. and I'm in your head. That's right. That's how I know. We're in your ears and we're in your head. head. Get out of my head. Uh, Next one. 
from JAZ, subject line, best political podcast out there. Ooh. Jeremy and Gage crush it every week and bring hot and fresh leftist takes every week. They bring great analysis of major news stories and break down problems with our capitalist society with an effective leftist frame. Got to. Just the analytical. Got analytical to. I'm mindset. so methodical with my thinking. I'm a in systems my research. guy. I'm a systems guy. It's true. Uh, last one here Banger Pod by OM's Man. They say, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Wow. And it's also funny and informative. Such a high compliment. Feels like I'm sitting down and talking with friends if my friends were a little bit smarter. Oh. <laughs> anyway, love the pod and keep up the great work. Got to. Thank you Got all for to. the five star reviews. If you're listening right now, you know, you know what to do. Get over there. I, I don't think we need to, we need tired to persuade of you a little bit more. I'm tired of asking. Get over there. Leave a five-star review. We're at like 90-something now. Oh, for real? So that's really Get exciting. us to 100. Give us like 10 to read. That's That'd right. be crazy. That's right. Give us 10 to read. Just make that the whole show. <laughs> Facts. And then we'll have one new story at the end and be like, uh, Madison Cawthorn did some crazy shit. Uh, breaking news. Mitch McConnell bad. True. Nah. That's what we do. Just recycling the same takes <laughs> week through week. So back to what I was talking about in the cold open. If you don't know who Viktor Orban is, he's basically literally Hungary's authoritarian leader. Bro is straight up an autocrat, right? Yeah. Think of him like Trump, probably a little bit worse because Hungary doesn't have as strong as political Oh, think of him uh, as Trump, but literally worse yeah. with a lot more power. Yeah, him and Trump were good friends historically. Liter oh, him <laughs> and Trump are close. good friends. Him and Tucker Carlson are good friends. He's really good friends with this Hungarian journalist who called Jews like stinky pieces of shit. Oh, I, yeah, so, that's good. <laughs> who is also a speaker at CPAC, so that's fun. Wow, it's like... He, He's uh, fucking weird. He spoke alongside like Hungary's top rabbi who thanked <laughs> Hungary as being Israel's greatest ally in Europe and America as their greatest ally like somewhere else. So um, that's fun. I really love it when our authoritarian leaders, it seems like a trend. Our authoritarian <laughs> leaders are friends with certain media figures that hate minority groups. It just, it seems yeah. to like go hand in hand. Uh, but you know. I wonder you know. why. Wonder, anyway, why. I, today I wanted to take the time to sort of, you know. Re re up our moniker of being the number one geopolitics podcast. Speak yep. truth to power we a little bit, yep, yep, yep. and talk about this geopolitical event by speed running a bunch of quotes from Viktor Orban. A bunch of recent quotes, like within mm -hmm. the last few years, mm -hmm. right? Real quotes. So basically, this guy says things like "Make Hungary great again." Oh, wow! I, w I wonder where he got that. Wow! And he focuses on hungry first policies. <laughs> Maha. Just, <laughs> just absolutely biting our whole flow. Yeah. Like, come on now. He, it, it gets even worse. So basically, he said this. Part of the picture of the decade of war facing us will be recurring waves of suicidal policy in the Western world. One such suicide attempt that I see is the Great European Population Replacement Program. We seek to replace the missing European Christian children with migrants, with adults arriving from other civilizations. Wait, he said he wants to do that? No, he says that's what they're doing. Oh, okay. So just some great great replacement theory, basically. Literally. Just, just some like blatant mask off great replacement. Literally great replacement Good. theory. Nazi stuff. Great. Another quote. I think there are many people who would like to see the end of the Christian Europe. They believe, <laughs> they believe that if they replace its cultural subsoil, if they bring in millions of people from new ethnic groups, which are now not rooted in Christian culture, then they will become Europe according to their conception. Wow. Love it. That reminds me of a uh, a candidate that Trump just endorsed for like Michigan State House or something like that. That reminds me of a candidate of all the candidates that Trump True. endorsed, basically. This specific one, I can't remember what her name is, but she said something along the lines of God's morality is for everyone. So you got to love that. Got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, when asked by a Vox reporter about whether or not Hungary's reputation for using great replacement theory as public policy bothers him, uh -huh. he said, quote, again, 
If hungry changes, then hungry no longer exists. If you have a society or civilization <laughs> which is unwilling to reproduce themselves, then that shows that there's something wrong within our societies because that's strange. That's kind of suicidal. Uh, piggybacking off of this, there was another speaker at CPAC who talked about um, why we should overturn Roe v. Wade oh. because then we'll be reproducing more and we'll stop like the decline of the population. Nope, women will just die. Yeah, you literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there will be less abortions. I mean, because they're You're illegal. Right. The population sure will go up a little bit. <laughs> but people will die. Like, he's, holy shit, bro. He's also notably called George Soros an enemy of the state. Yeah. Okay. There you Love go. That. It's like Love enemy that. of the people type beat. <laughs> yeah. And one of his uh, one of his most dangerous quotes actually came from his <clears throat> CPAC speech. He said, "We have to take back the institutions in Washington and Brussels." I got her. I almost said Belarus. We must find allies in one another and coordinate the movement of our troops. Where is Brussels? Is that I think that's the capital of Hungary. Oh yeah, okay, that makes yeah. sense. We that... must coordinate the movement of our troops. Wait, why is he saying? Why is he saying Washington? What does that have to do with him? I think he's just trying to relate it back to CPAC and yeah, being okay. like the conservative thing. I just can... troops being white supremacists, mind you. Right. I I can see why conservatives align themselves with this guy. Exactly. I mean, just openly a fascist. It's like... not even a dog whistle. Yeah. It's literally it's a bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> well, fascism's on the left, though. Of course. So true. This so guy true. very clearly far right, uh, very clearly fascist, but oh. yeah, he must be a leftist then. He's got some comments about uh, leftists in the Western world, okay. notably like media leftists like us. Oh, he thinks that we're everywhere. Working people like you and I. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so in the rest of his speech, he talked about how Western media has a, quote, leftist perspective mm, and that mm -hmm. conservatives need their own media to point out the insanity of the progressive left. It's not the other way around or anything, but okay, whatever. I'll let that one slide. He said, quote, of course, the GOP has its media allies. They don't have many, but they can't compete with the mainstream liberal media. My friend, Tucker Carlson, is the only one who puts himself out there. <laughs> his show is the most popular. What does it mean? It means programs like his should be broadcasted day and night, or as you say, 24-7. I like how in, in two sentences, he said, he said simultaneously, simultaneously that leftists dominate media, mm -hmm, but that mm -hmm. Tucker Carlson also has the most popular show yeah. in media. Funny how those metro contradictions just work themselves out, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Funny how the cognitive dissonance is just right there. Yeah, bro. You don't even have to look that far. Media is just occupied by, ubiquitously just occupied by communists, except for Tucker Carlson. He's the last shining beacon of democracy. Exactly. It's so true. So true, bestie. And just beyond these platitudes that Orban is talking about, because it'd yep, be one yep. thing if he just, like, said these things, like a lot of American people do, and didn't do anything about them. He actually does what the GOP wants to do. This is why the conferences in Brussels just... Keep yeah. this in mind. I mean, he's the president of Hungary. Exactly. I mean, like, he's a person with power, yeah. Oh, the most power. Uh -huh. In 2010, Orban amended the Constitution to cut the size of the parliament in half, after <laughs> which he gerrymandered the entire country. He redrew the districts with no input from the opposition parties, and he spread voters from his own parties across many small districts in, like, rural areas and concentrated all of the opposition voters into much larger districts in cities, thus giving them fewer chances to win. Funny how the ideology that has been crying about election fraud and election integrity uh -huh. literally since 2016 yeah. 
is just openly endorsing this motherfucker. You think gerrymandering here is bad, yeah. right? You think, yeah. like, um, yeah. electoral college makes uh, elections undemocratic here. Like, oh, my God, how could Hillary Clinton win the popular vote, but Trump still win the presidency? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much fucking worse. After the redistricting in 2014, Orban's party won 45% of the vote countrywide, but 91% of the seats in parliament. <laughs> Holy shit. What the fuck? You'll see you'll see disparities in American politics where it's like Democrats won 60% of the vote like in all the districts combined yeah. but only got like 48% of the seats or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's insane. 91%. <laughs> and then in the recent election this year, I think he won his party won 40 53% of the vote and 86% of the seats. <laughs> so I guess it's getting a little bit better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. That that fourteen percent opposition is <laughs> really gonna swoop in and save the country. It's fucking insane. There are also rumors saying he he passed a law making it so that citizens can register in any district and go and vote in any district. Oh. So there are people saying that he had buses of people going to other districts to like dilute the vote for the opposition. Right. And but, the opposition is fucked anyway because they don't have a two-party system. They have a parliamentary system. So there are really six opposition parties and they don't at all agree with each other on anything, yeah. yet they have to sort of band together to try to beat him. Mm -hmm. It's it's ridiculous. Really funny how, again, the party that was crying about election fraud and yeah. the, the ideology that was crying about election fraud supports a person who was busing voters That's to what another I, and district. And he does so many worse things, too. Oh, yeah, he he sure. has people pass out food and money in front of polling stations. He literally, um, there were people who gave people filled out ballots already and told them to bring back a bank, blank ballot to, ballot to uh -huh. prove that they voted and uh -huh. then they'd get shit from that. Yeah. What? That's that's illegal. <laughs> you can't do that. Well, you shouldn't be able to do that. It's really funny how he's complaining about the Christian Europeans being diluted by like immigrants and stuff yeah. like that when he's literally bussing what I'm going to assume is Christian Europeans to go and dilute the vote of probably they're they're all Christian Europeans color. though there are no fucking communities of color in Hungary I can oh. imagine it's I know Croatia is the most like purely white country in Europe but Hungary's got to be close and on Croatia right this is this is another thing in 2015 during the migrant crisis Hungary mm. literally built a border wall on its border with Serbia and Croatia <laughs> what the fuck what the fuck? And Trump it's, it's still maybe. up to this day. It's still yeah. up to this day. And I just think that this perfectly exemplifies the point that we made last week when we were talking about white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how it's a race to the bottom when it comes to exclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, this dude has straight up said that if you're not Hungarian, you can never be Hungarian. Wow. It's not even that you have to be a white Christian. You have to be a white Christian Hungarian. What's really funny, though, is that like in the American lens through like American white supremacy mm – -hmm. A lot of people probably wouldn't even view Hungarian people as fucking like white. Exactly, they're dark. Right, <laughs> like they're darker than us. Like they're they're clearly like they're white passing people. But anyone from America, any races from America, wouldn't deem them to be white people if yeah. they immigrated here. He's just fucking like cucking himself out to they're the just American. Like a little more tan than we are. It's yeah. it's crazy, but it's like this is why the GOP loves him. They're doing all the things that they wanted to do. Oh They're my doing god! All bro. the things could that you they imagine, wanted to do like that's that's literally what the Republican Party would do here if they could. Exactly, like it's everything. what they wanted to do with the fucking wall. Uh -huh. And just looking into things that this tells us that they want to do, uh, being a Christian nationalist isn't enough. This dude hates gay people. Oh, hates of course. anybody who's a part of the LGBTQ. In 2012, he amended the Hungarian Constitution to ban gay marriage. I think that's when we legalized gay marriage. Wasn't 2014? it? 2012. Okay, so around the same time. Around yeah, the same yeah. time, anyway. In 2018, he banned gender studies from being taught in any university. 
Oh yeah, I'm sure like swaths and swaths of people were just doing gender studies. I know. I'm, I'm, sure, sure. I'm sure it was so much more than like two percent. I'm sure there's <laughs> so many fucking people in Hungary majoring in gender studies. Oh yeah, oh, I, my I bet God. it's millions and millions it's, of students really stopping a, at the bits. Just it's really a, a fucking plague. Degree. I'm sure so many people are taking a gender studies course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wild, right? I'm sure. I'm sure it's not like a majority of students that never even touch the subject. Exactly. Exactly. Whatever. Whatever. In 2020. The government made it so that trans people can't change their genders on government forms. Oh, great. He abolished the Equal Treatment Authority, which was their only institution dedicated to non-discrimination for LGBTQ people. And he also made it so that same-sex couples can no longer adopt kids, writing into the law that a family involves a mother and a father. That's literally what the Republican Party would do. That's what I'm saying. Like, this That's is what I'm saying. It is. This is everything that they would do. I feel like some of those things are just in the GOP platform. Exactly. And <laughs> like, it's just like so fucking mask off that they had CPAC and hungry. Yeah. And then you had Candace Owens. There's a thing I was talking about earlier. You had Candace Owens on like giving a speech about how everyone in America is a Marxist who wants to abolish the family because it's it's central to Marxist teaching that the family is bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She like, will yeah. literally sell herself to anybody literally. to get some fucking clout. Like, yeah, bro, that was Marx's biggest critique. Yeah. His biggest critique in the Communist Manifesto was the nuclear family. It wasn't capitalism or anything. Yeah. That's the part <laughs> we need to focus on. It's the family. Yeah, bro. A fucking virtue signal. Famously, Marx didn't say that the uh, the family unit is just used as a way to get the next generation of workers. He exactly. wasn't saying anything like that. Yeah. He was saying that he wants to destroy the family dynamic. <laughs> He wasn't just highlighting as something he observed. Right. He wasn't highlighting how family units often maintain and indoctrinate their children into the same uh, problematic viewpoints. That it wasn't that. He just, just doesn't want it. It's like it's just this like one dude. You know, it's just like <laughs> Karl Marx. Just one fucking. He was just an economist, just a philosopher. Karl Marx. And they're just, just so fucking terrified of anything he had to say for no reason. Like he's just an economist. And it's like I like how over this past year they don't even talk about liberals anymore. Mm -mm. It's all leftists. It's just Karl Marx. Liberal, just liberals are leftists. Karl Marx. Mark is literally the president. <laughs> literally, <laughs> Joe Biden's actually just Karl Marx from the future. Justin the Trudeau's past. a communist. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Justin Trudeau's actually a communist. He literally is the vanguard of the revolution. Facts. He is the vanguard himself. Absolutely insane. Uh, I'm sure there are some more crazy quotes that came out of uh, CPAC 2022 mm -hmm. uh, this month, but I didn't really find them because I was focused on the Victor Orban stuff because I thought that was just insane. Maybe one day we will get press passes to CPAC. I'd love that. Maybe one day we could give a speech at CPAC. I'd cream. Oh, my God. I'd cream myself, That'd be bro. absolutely incredible. <laughs> one day. One day. We'll get there. One day we'll get there. We'll get but, there. But for now, I guess we got to talk about what, some midterm coverage? We do got to get into some midterm Let's coverage. Go. We got to talk about Pennsylvania and North Carolina. So, Woo. as we mentioned, or as we talked about last few weeks, it's our midterm arc. That's right. That's so, right, we, baby. we've absolutely got to cover this. So, first of all, let's talk about the Pennsylvania Senate primaries. Okay. First one, the Democratic primary. John Fetterman won the Democratic primary uh, for the Senate nomination. He got 58.8% of the vote. Wonderful. So clean wash. Uh, he beat Connor Lamb, which was his rival, this like moderate centrist guy mm -hmm. that nobody really liked. Um, only, he only earned 26.3% of the vote. And there was also other some other candidates running. Uh, one of them was Malcolm Kenyatta and then Alex Khalil, who received 10.7% of the vote and 42 respectively. So they didn't really register that okay. much. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then on the other side of the aisle. 
the the more exciting side of the, the more to be honest. Because like we we expected John Fetterman to win. Facts. You know what I mean? Um, he was already he's been favored to win the entire primary. Uh, he's got like a hundred percent name recognition. He's uh-huh. won statewide before. There was no argument. He was, was literally the lieutenant governor. Like yeah. he had it's like not incumbent advantage, but kind of. Yeah, he a hundred percent name recognition. Uh-huh. It, it, there was no chance that anyone was going to really beat him. Uh, but on the other side of the aisle, speaking of name recognition, uh, yeah, speaking of name recognition, the GOP primary is currently too close to call. It's insanely close. With Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick within 0.1% of each other, or perhaps less. I think it's like 2,000 votes that separates them. The article I saw today was that it's like 1,037. Oh, my God. So they are. it's way too close to call, and they have to recount the ballots. Because there's like 1.3 million ballots cast Mm -hmm. in the GOP primary, or that's been counted so far. Um, and that is like such a small margin of error. Oh yeah, or such a small uh, disparity that the, it could be a margin of error, you uh-huh. know, error in the counting. So they definitely got to do a recount. Um, so absentee ballots are still being counted. Oz is right now at thirty one point two percent. McCormick at thirty one point one percent. And Trump had some uh, some advice for Dr. Oh, Oz. There's been some interesting things coming out of this race. Trump on his favorite on his social media platform. <laughs> oh, Truth Social <laughs> told Dr. Oz to just declare victory. <laughs> Because that would make it harder for them to just, quote, find absentee ballots. That's how it works. That's how it works. That really worked with Trump really well. I also, um, there's another thing I saw this morning. You know how uh, mm-hmm. conservatives literally everywhere were talking shit about absentee ballots and mail-in ballots specifically, <laughs> right? Because yes, they're fraudulent. Crazy how fraudulent. McCormick led, in, McCormick leads in the mail-in ballots. Yeah. And he, he came today, he or today or some recently. Yeah. He yeah. came and he, like, mailed every single district as lawyers reached out to them. And mm-hmm. he said, you need to start counting all of the ballots that weren't dated yeah. but arrived timely, right? Because there, there was a court case in the third court of appeals, the third circuit court of appeals okay. that established that for the 2020 election, you could do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'm fine with. I think as long as the ballots like arrived on time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? If they weren't dated, they arrived on time. I think they if were, they're postmarked on time, like that's was, what I mean. Yeah. Like if they're postmarked on time, it's not the voters fault. That's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't care about that. We don't care about that. You shouldn't really care about that. I just think it's funny uh-huh. that David McCormick, somebody who literally ran on election fraud yep. is, is, you know, is bringing it out. He was, He's whipping out the tools. What was it? Two, three weeks ago when we covered the Pennsylvania primary on the debate stage, he uh-huh. said he thought 2020 was fraudulent. That's he right. thought Trump was the rightful winner. And now he's depending on absentee ballots, absentee ballots, a form of voting that his party has tried to undermine and make yes. less accessible for people. And it's it's literally the form of voting in of itself that they're trying to undermine. Yeah. And then he goes a step beyond that to talk about, well, if as long as they arrive on time, even if they don't have a date. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Insane. No, but it was Insane. literally it was literally the Republican. Republican Party in 2020 that was crying about absentee ballots that arrived like a day after, yeah, but were sent out on time, yes, that were counted for Joe Biden. I'm sure he tweeted about it. Like, yeah, I'm sure he did. It's gonna be really funny um, if the well, it seems like this is just what's gonna happen that the uh, this election is going to be decided based off absentee ballots mm-hmm. because people like to vote with absentee ballots because it's convenient, <laughs> it's easy, it's nice. And the thing is, like, if if Oz or McCormick wins in the general election, they will go on to vote for policies that make absentee voting harder. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, <laughs> they're so fucking stupid. It's, no matter who wins in just yeah. this primary election, it's going to be a voter fraud debate. Uh-huh. I wonder if it'll, like, at least maybe fracture some of the party a little bit, but it won't because nobody's going to comment That's on what I'm it. saying. When you start having no respect for elections, no integrity whatsoever when it yeah. comes to losing an election, results just don't matter. Oh, literally. You can just say whatever you want because, like, whether you win, whether you win or lose, you're going to say that you won. <laughs> 
Like, it just I love it. I love it so much. They're eating. They're eating each other alive. It's literally the result of <laughs> endorsing someone like Donald Trump. This is white on white crime. This is literally, <laughs> literally. Uh, you may be wondering, what about the other candidates, though? Oh, true, Kathy true, true. Barnett caught a solid third place with twenty four point seven percent, despite a late polling surge where she was about even with Oz and McCormick. Oh, okay. Um, so she came in third by about seven or so points and the Carla Sands and Jeff Bardos got absolutely washed <laughs> trailing with about 5% each really funny Carla Sands shitting all over Kathy Barnett saying she can't win she was talking shit yeah she and Kathy Barnett got shit. five times the votes that she did <laughs> interesting she, no, she was she, literally playing spoiler she but. couldn't even play spoiler right though like yeah. her the percentage of the vote she got did not would not have mattered if that all went to Barnett mm-hmm crazy mm-hmm. didn't even matter um so what the what the conclusion is here is that fetterman will go on to face either dr oz or david mccormick after the elections are tallied mm-hmm. or the uh the votes are tallied in the general election in november um so if if you were john fetterman if i was john fetterman who would you uh want to face 100 percent. i think that mccormick is better at appealing to people in the middle that would yeah. take away from fetterman's vote i think that every like people are already have an opinion on oz you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that Fetterman would take it. Okay. See, I, I think I think that that logic is sound, but I also think that Oz is a well-known, um, very strange, very weird celebrity personality. You know like what I mean? Like the name recognition right. type thing. And it is true. Like a lot of Pennsylvania voters might be in the middle. Oz got Trump's endorsement, so that may push him away mm-hmm. from him. Um, but I also think Dave McCormick is literally, literally, he was biologically engineered in a lab. And literally, that's what I'm saying. He's like, a hedge fund baby boy millionaire. Uh-huh. I think that it's pretty easy to run against him. Uh, because I think uh, John Fetterman's got that working class appeal. You know, he's a big dude. Yeah. Uh, he's been working for Pennsylvania for a long time. Obviously, isn't this like uh, may, biologically engineered in the lab, millionaire, <laughs> hedge fund, China boy? He doesn't look like a fucking wax museum. So, like he was I don't know. A wax museum. I would think that John Fetterman should fucking wipe the floor either way. I hope. I hope <laughs> John Fetterman could wipe the floor either way. I feel like it could be an easier time against Dave McCormick, but I don't know. See, because it's like, I feel like, because the idea is like, Pennsylvania is like pretty blue. Yeah. Like, Pennsylvania is decently like neoliberal blue. I feel like they like the hedge fund types a little bit more than like the celebrity types. Because I feel like in my eyes, they see Oz as too much like Trump. Yeah. Because that's all he said. That's literally all he's ran on is his Trump endorsement. Also, gotta, just gotta point out how the two people that are, are, the two people that are leading in the GOP primary, Oz and McCormick, neither of them are fucking from Pennsylvania. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't Dr. Oz like from New Jersey and McCormick's from like some state in the South or something like that? I think so. I think he lived in Pennsylvania for like a little bit, Uh but like Fetterman's been there. Like he's been in positions of power Yeah, he's lieutenant governor. He was the mayor of uh, some city in rural Pennsylvania or something like that. So like, I would think John Fetterman takes it in November, but I guess I don't want to assume. I hope so. It'll be a really interesting race to follow, like, regardless. Uh, goofy celebrities have won elections before. G- goofy, ah, uh, celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Another Pennsylvania race we got to talk about, though. Okay. One that we haven't covered the is the race, race for governor. Dude, I heard that the uh, governor's debate was awful. Yeah. I heard it was fucking putrid. Yeah, the, uh, the, the GOP primary for governor in Pennsylvania featured a lot of candidates that were just as, if not more fucking insane as the ones for Senate. Wild. And the guy who won, his name is Doug Mastriano. He won pretty handedly okay. in his election. 
Um, and he's notable for a few reasons. First of all, he was considered to be further right than most of the candidates on the debate stage. That's that's all that's all that matters, <laughs> honestly. Um, and the reason for that is that he gained popularity. He really wasn't that well known. I think he'd run for Senate in like 2018 or something like that in Pennsylvania. Okay. He wasn't really well known. He kind of got washed in the primary. Uh, but he gained popularity after the 2020 elections because he was a staunch election denier. I love that. And he famously had said... He said, quote, I saw better elections in Afghanistan than in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how Trump got the election stolen in Pennsylvania. You're fucking lying, Because he, he, uh, he served in Afghanistan, served in the military at some point. It's so. kind of like how when all the uh, Afghanistan stuff was happening, we, we rightfully commented on the fact that conservatives actually kind of like what the Taliban's doing yeah. with regards to taking away rights, you know? Yeah, didn't, didn't Tucker Carlson say, like, the Taliban's getting rid of gender studies or something? Yeah. Like, I love that. <laughs> Um, he's also, Doug Mastriano, also currently a state senator for Pennsylvania, and he previously, in 2020, urged his colleagues to throw out the election results for 2020. Oh. Um, he said that he wanted to send his own slate of electors, and he also said that if he's his elected- His own personal state of slate of I electors? So. <laughs> and he also said that as governor, he would be willing to decertify every voting machine in the state. <laughs> so a pretty good indication on how he's going to handle the electoral college if Trump loses in 2024. But, but we waste money when we want free health care and like, you know, student debt relief and free college. Yeah, That's yeah, a waste yeah. of money. We waste money. We waste time. We're mm -hmm. wokists if we want to do that. Ridiculous. Um, I shouldn't have an iPhone. Potentially uh, his most brutal crime, though, is <laughs> he was one of the people that helped organize the January 6th insurrection. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, he helped organize busing for Pennsylvania Republicans to get to D.C., and he was also there on the day that it happened. Wasn't there wasn't there drama with busing to D.C.? Or was that Turning Point USA? Didn't they fuck up Charlie the Kirk um, openly advocated for, for busing <laughs> to D.C., and then he deleted his tweets right after because, you know. I love it. Violent attack on the Capitol. I love it. Um, Doug Mastriano has also been subpoenaed for the January 6th committee. One of the few sitting elected officials has been subpoenaed. I don't know if he's going to show up, though. Wow. So Can't um, you, don't you literally have to? You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> he also, of course, supports a total abortion ban, no exceptions whatsoever. So Whatsoever, none at I all. I mean, that's kind of like the mainstream Republican stance at this point. I love how so. uh, the mother's literally going to die. It's it's politically unfavorable for you as a Republican to say <laughs> that, yeah, if the mother dies, it would probably be better to get the baby out of there and at least save one life. See, we'll get to this a little bit later in the show, but um, Doug Mastriano, he's okay with the mother dying and maybe the baby's still born. And then uh, the baby goes to a single father who isn't able to breastfeed and the baby then cannot get any formula because oh, he would not support so true. any measures so that true. would ease the baby formula shortage. So <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Um, little teaser there. Turns out, turns out that our prediction for uh, our prediction that the GOP primaries are just going to consist of the most fucking insane people winning was just true. Our expert analysis really <laughs> yeah. came through here. Like, like GOP primaries are just consisting of electing the most fucking insane far right people possible. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't win being a moderate. They're literally having the conference in Hungary. Like, yeah. They're literally having it in an authoritative state. Like, like I feel like a prerequisite for being a, an elected member of the Republican Party now is, like, you just have to be clinically insane. It doesn't get more mask off than that. It uh -huh. really doesn't. Like, I'm sorry, but when does it get so absurd to where nobody takes these motherfuckers seriously mm -hmm. anymore? It's it's not worth it. Like, there is no, no amount of devils advocating you can do to get yourself like out of running defense for authoritarianism. Yeah. And it's like, 
with the uh, with the GOP Senate primary in Pennsylvania specifically, they had Jeff Bardos, a guy who was pretty like a pretty normal Republican yeah. that you'd find in like 2008. A, a Republican that Nancy Pelosi really thinks should be back in right, power. Right. But instead, the people that win or get close to winning are just the most fucking insane bad candidates. Uh-huh. Like, they aren't good. Uh-huh. Like if you want to win in Pennsylvania, you would think putting someone like Jeff Bardos against John Fetterman would be better mm-hmm. because it's like Jeff Bardos positioned himself as this like salt of the earth, been in Pennsylvania his whole life kind of guy like he ran like class. a good liberal campaign <laughs> right like i mean jeff bardo sucks yeah you know? he's not good but like you would think the republican establishment if they want to win would put a guy like that up nah dr oz dave mccormick because you know that's exactly what the democratic party would do right they would do anything to get the uh extreme communists out of there i mean they found the biggest guy they could <laughs> and they had him run for election and yeah. he won yeah. the primary <laughs> so um that's fun pennsylvania i'm praying for you for real for come, real. come november i'm really hoping that shout uh, out our pa listeners out. yeah i think um for the democratic governor's primary in pennsylvania some dude named josh shapiro won no relation oh ben shapiro. darn it um i don't know what the dynamic's gonna be but doug mastriano's fucking crazy so we'll when, see. Are they, when are they gonna let me enter like a gop primary and come in there as an undercover agent and just start spewing the most racist, uh, misogynistic, just anything thing you've ever heard to win the nomination. You probably would win. And then psych. You probably would win. And then you beat the Democrat because they're too... (laughs) Exactly. Psych. I was was lying. I do a new party switch. I started. Yeah, you run the party switch. That'd be hard. That'd be incredible. That'd be hard. Maybe one day. We need some sleeper agents in there. Uh, Some more election news, though. Heading to North Carolina. <sighs> this uh, one's little sad. bit, little bit south. Our boy Madison Cawthorn, friend of the show, tragically lost his primary by about two percent. Not um, pog. I know. Late night on Tuesday of last week, he had to call his opponent Chuck Edwards and concede. Edwards got thirty three point four percent of the vote. Cawthorn only got thirty one point nine percent of the mm-hmm. vote. Him conceding—that's how you know he was never cut out for the modern Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, you never fucking concede. I was expecting him to be a sore loser. I really uh-huh. wanted him to uh-huh. be a sore loser. Um, but Madison Cawthorn did have something to say uh-huh. because on his um on his congressperson page, yeah. like official uh, representative Cawthorn Instagram page that like Instagram gives politicians. Yep, you know what I mean. Yep. Um, he posted a list of names. On oh, Instagram. The orgy names? <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish. That's what I'm, like, he should have just came out and started, like, saying names. <laughs> like, he literally, there's nothing he can lose unless he gets hit by the heart attack gun. <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing for him to lose. But Madison Cawthorn posted a list of names on Instagram, and he had a caption going along with it. It said, quote, this list includes the lion's share of figures that came to mind defense when it was not politically profitable. These, these are honorable men and women who are the type of friends anyone yearns to have. He goes on to say, I'm on a mission now to expose those who say and promise one thing, yet legislate and work towards another self-profiteering globalist goal. Globalist uh, is key for Jewish, by the way. Naturally. Um, the, the time for gentle politics as usual has come to an end. It's time for the rise of the new right. It's time for dark MAGA. To truly take our command. <laughs> we have an enemy to defeat, but we will never be able to defeat them until we defeat the cowardly and weak members of our own party. Their days are numbered. We are coming. <laughs> dark MAGA? Yeah. Funny how dark MAGA is the whitest like group of people you will ever see. <laughs> <laughs> this is mental illness, people. Like, this is this is what it looks like. I'm not even joking. Yeah. This is 100% seriousness. I think he's mentally ill. Bro thinks he's in, like, a superhero movie and, uh-huh. like... 
the regular establishment GOP, your Kevin McCarthy's, Mitch McConnell's, they're the Avengers, and they're huh. the Dark Avengers. They're coming in to get shit done. See, like, for a minute there, when he was kind of getting trashed by the entire GOP establishment, I was hoping for a second that we could save him, you know what yeah, I mean? for real. And then he comes up with some just, like, fascist shit, maybe you know ha- what I mean? Maybe Hassan can save him when he comes on so. Hassan. I hope he still goes on Hassan's show. It's just, like, this is, he's very clearly mentally ill. Like, he's not doing well. Absolutely you know what I mean? Not. Like, he's... This reminds me of like a a teenage boy when he was like 14 or so that fell down the right wing pipeline, probably had some right wing parents. Mm -hmm. And now he just like hates everyone around him, probably hates himself a little bit. Bro was literally standing up for Donald Trump. He was like a golden boy. And now it's all taken away from him. Yeah. Like this is sad. You know what I mean? He should have just waited to make the orgy comment until after his primary. I know. (laughs) And like dark MAGA. Does that imply the existence of light MAGA? <laughs> and like also like MAGA was already pretty dark. Like what could this possibly entail? Let's uh, let's examine the etymology of this phrase. <laughs> yes. uh, in some other not midterm news, but still okay. related to elections, okay. Jenny Thomas is back in the headlines. Virginia Thomas, Clarence Thomas's wife. What did she do this time? Uh, it was revealed that she in 2020 or the aftermath of the 2020 elections had urged election officials or mm-hmm. Republican officials in Arizona to overturn election results. Oh my God! Um, what a shock! She she had emailed uh, two people, Russell Bowers and Shauna Bollock, two uh, state representatives from Arizona. Okay. She emailed them to fight back against election fraud. Of course, uh, quote unquote, unleash the kraken. Um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and at first, it seemed like this was just like an automated message, like okay. one of like the campaigning messages. You know, people just like yeah, send out like one of the ones email. Trump sent out after he lost to right. just steal money. Um, but then the uh, both of them responded. It was like, well, if you have an actual like uh, issue that you want to raise with the elections, then you can go to like these people and submit a concern that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then she responded like handwritten message. Whoa. Um, saying that, like, they need to overturn the election results and, like, be good fighters for Donald Trump and stuff like that. Oh my, she sent a letter um, by Carrier Pigeon? Probably. <laughs> probably. I absolutely would not be surprised. Um, but just really fun to note that Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas are just uh, doing corruption together. It's not again. a conflict of interest. Yeah. It really isn't. I mean, it's just, it's more stuff being revealed that Clarence Thomas tried to cover up. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. he was the only justice to vote against Trump White House documents being uh, released to the January but 6th committee. it's our fault uh, for disrespecting the Supreme Court and that institution. Just like last week when he said that, guys, you, you don't believe in the institution anymore? No. I think this is more evidence that Jenny Thomas might have been the leak of the Roe v. Wade decision. Oh, you think so? I think think it was her. It must have been. She's trying to dodge responsibility, dodge the headlines, you know what I'm saying? Maybe. Maybe it was Jenny Thomas. Maybe. Because, you know, I mean, she claims her and Clarence don't talk about their private or their uh, their work life. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, they de- spouses <laughs> definitely don't talk to each other about their work life. Yeah, you know, uh, spouses definitely have you know that like a marriage relationship. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, being married to someone for a long time. Um, usually, you never talk about work. Never. You know, it's not usually ever. not the number one thing you talk about, especially if you have very interesting jobs like they do. Nobody ever comes home venting about work, especially when they're in a like hostile work you environment know, that the Supreme Court. <laughs> no, honestly, it's I read this Washington Post opinion. Right, we we follow Post opinions on our Instagram just because uh-huh. I think it's funny. Yeah, and I read this one the other day that was talking about how members of the Supreme Court used to go out and get lunch together every day, and they used to be they used to be a family. Shut the fuck up! Oh my Shut God, the fuck bro. up! Oh They're literally God. ideologically opposed. They are literally in positions of power to where the things that they do, their ideological differences, uh, manifest in material realities harm. for people material that, harm. that hurt them. Uh-huh. 
and yet they're still friends with each other? What the fuck? It's one thing to still be, like, cool with your conservative, like, family members if they're not toxic. It's another thing to be cool with them when they're in positions of power and causing actual harm to people. Mm-hmm. I hate liberalism. It's a mental disease. <laughs> like... <laughs> And it's like Clarence Thomas has a track record of voting on things in line with his wife's interests. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the problem. <laughs> like that is the de- like textbook definition of political corruption. Yeah, but like nobody seems to fucking care about it. Like God this is damn. an actual scandal that I'm surprised Democrats aren't pressing more on. I guess they, I mean, in their focus groups or whatever, they decided it's not something that voters really give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But this is real time political corruption. That just Literally. no one's really doing anything about outside the January 6th committee, which is going to be dissolved when Republicans win the House in 2022 Thanks. anyway. Nah, bro. The government, uh, and by extension, the Supreme Court is just a social construct. It only works because we believe in it. I think it's time we stop believing in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Because that shit is awful. And it's Clarence only Thomas, doing bad things. Clarence Thomas is very troubled that people don't respect our institutions anymore. Exactly. You know, someone did write in chalk outside Susan Collins' house. That's not <laughs> respectful. <laughs> That's going to be, we got a bill talking about that later. I was just about to say, uh, boys, gals, everyone in between, NBs, uh, it's time for some legislation talk. You, you love, you got to love it. There's gotta been it. some crazy legislation, some crazy votes on legislation that have been happening throughout the past week. I told you loaded, loaded mm-hmm. week of news. Um, so I think I can officially say the legislature's in session. Let's go. We need a gavel. We, we do. put that on the soundboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so first off, we got to talk about a bill that is pretty related to what I was just talking about. Okay. Uh, first, on Monday, Ron DeSantis signed HB 1571 into law. Wonderful. Which was a bill that was originally passed in March of this year. Um, and what it does is it restricts Floridians' ability to protest outside of people's houses. Wow. Because that's something that happens all the fucking time. Uh, pretty pro-free speech. Uh-huh. Pretty pro-free speech. Uh, what this bill does is it bans any protest that would, quote, harass or disturb a person in their home and it also amplifies penalties for violating that law. Wow. Um, and, quote, under the bill, a violation is a second-degree misdemeanor and levels penalties including 60 days in jail, Ooh. a $500 fine, and six months of probation. Oh. You could be on probation for protesting. Bro's really scared that somebody's going to write in chalk outside of his house like gay. Somebody's yeah. going to put gay in his driveway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, the um, according to the bill, the police have to, like, give you a warning first. That's, eh, but according to the law, police aren't supposed to just fucking kill you. Yeah. So. Yeah, police are supposed to give you a warning first, but I guarantee if they just, like, detain you immediately and, you know, take you to jail overnight. <laughs> there will be no oversight. Right. There, nothing bad is going to happen. But it's this is, like, I put this in the show notes because this is literally the safe spaces bill. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Republicans have gotten so afraid that, like, BLM or... Uh, abortion protesters are going to come to their house and like write in chalk or yell at them that they will literally pass a bill to protect themselves because they're afraid that people are going to make them uncomfortable there were people that protested outside of like brett kavanaugh's house oh no he didn't get hurt but in response congress like upped supreme court security by like eight hundred thousand dollars or some fucking ridiculous Uh amount like that immediately the last time something like that happened like that was like big and actually worth anything was the um who's the the motherfucker george floyd yeah uh, they were protesting outside the cop's house. Derek Chauvin? Yes. And they didn't do anything to they, him. they did nothing. They just sat there with picket signs. Like, That's the thing is, like, first of all, this isn't. I'm sure it's not that common to happen in Florida of all places. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm pretty sure it doesn't really happen. Second of all, blatant restriction of the First Amendment yeah. that I thought that they fucking cared about. They've been crying <laughs> about free speech on Twitter and other social media platforms for, like, years at this point. Uh-huh. And they don't want you to protest outside of people's houses because it could make people uncomfortable. And lastly... 
people aren't getting fucking attacked. No, and it, there are already existing laws like against yeah. this. You can't go on private property. You can be trespassed from private property. Uh-huh. Like this is already basically a fucking thing. Right. Yeah. Like what what encompasses a person's home? You already can't be on their property. No, yeah, this is literally like you can't go and disturb elected officials or anybody. You can't protest outside of anybody's house if they did something wrong. I wonder if dudes gearing up to do some foul shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like let's let's get this out of the way now. It's just like, oh my God, blatant restriction of the First Amendment. It's not like protesters are busting inside of somebody's house and beating the shit out of them. And even if they were, that's illegal also. Yeah, <laughs> literally, these things are already against the law. <laughs> yeah, like you, you're just making it harder for people to express their views. And because the reason they're doing this is because going outside of people's houses and protesting is one of the few effective forms of protesting. Mm-hmm. Like marching through the streets in a city is obviously very good. Um, I think it, it is virtue signaling in a good way. It is yes. making your voice heard in a good way. But what really makes these people uncomfortable is when you pull up to their fucking home. Yeah. It's that when you, scares them. <laughs> when you harass your public officials. It's not even harassment, though. No, that's it's, exactly. It's writing in chalk outside of Susan Collins' home. It's, it's showing up to a Supreme Court justice, uh, justice's home, one of the most powerful people in the country, and making your voice heard. Because these people, if they're going to make big decisions, should be fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly surprised people aren't being, like, violent to they're these people. They're literally hurting, like, oh, God, what was it? Like, last November, like, when people, somebody, like, what, went up to Joe Manchin in a bathroom or something? Kirsten or, Cinema. Oh, Kirsten Cinema. Cinema. What happened to Joe Manchin? Somebody, like, did somebody, like, row up to his houseboat? <laughs> <laughs> they unanchored it. That'd be so... <laughs> floated away. If if some soldier for democracy could just go up and unanchor Joe Manchin's houseboat. Bro wakes up at like, you know, 6 a.m., whatever. He's just in the floating. middle of the ocean. <laughs> Nothing he can do. He's got to call the Coast Guard. And then Congress passes a bill to increase protections for houseboats that's, for like $100 million. That's praxis. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it right here. Yeah, no, someone did, um, I think it was around the time, like $15 wage and stuff. Yep. Some activists like went into the bathroom uh, when Kirsten Cinema went in and was like, you need to pass this or something like that. It's like, yeah, it was super like lukewarm. Just, yeah. Hey, you need to do this. I mean, generally, I would say like, let people go pee and then yeah, harass don't them. Don't follow people into the bathroom, wait outside. Yeah. That's a good rule um, of thumb. But also, uh, if you're an elected official, your life should literally be uncomfortable all the fucking time if you're going to do bad shit. Oh, literally, you're supposed to be like public. Yeah. Like, isn't also, it? Also, oh, it, was, it was conservatives in Canada that were like shutting down businesses <laughs> for like weeks. <laughs> You know what I mean? Literally. Not that like Florida and Canada are really connected in any way, but I'm just saying like it is the mental contradictions here, people. But it's like they were making fun of Nancy Pelosi when people vandalized her and Chuck Schumer's houses. Uh huh. I was making fun of them for being mad about it. Yeah. But, like at least I'm honest. Yeah. Like, no, it's my position that if you're an elected official, then people should be able to harass you whenever they want. <laughs> they should be encouraged to do it. Like you got your hands on the levers of power. You hey, should be vulnerable. That's direct democracy. Baby. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, moving a little bit westward now. To Oklahoma. Okay. okay. Uh, they just passed, their legislature just passed the most restrictive abortion ban in the country. You love to see it. Uh, last Thursday, they passed HB 4327, a bill that bans abortions after fertilization. Wow. And empowers citizens to sue any abortion provider that induces an abortion on a woman, even if that provider is located outside of Oklahoma. That's not very federalist. That seems <laughs> like that seems like that's spanning a little outside the scope of the power returning to the states, don't you think? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Hmm. So um, to sum it up, it's the Texas bill um, on steroids because you got to remember that Oklahoma previously passed a bill and signed it into law that mm-hmm. you can sue someone for $100,000 and doctors can go to jail for 10 years. Wow. Um, so it's that on steroids because now citizens can sue for like civil cases and stuff like that. And and it sets the threshold not at six weeks, uh-huh. but at fertilization. Fertilization. That means That means plan B would be illegal. But that's the thing is that the bill explicitly says contraceptives are not illegal. That, that doesn't matter. If you're outlawing it, at, they don't know what the fuck these terms mean. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They're not doctors. They they don't know. Fertilization means sperm meets egg. Uh-huh. That's it. Plan B kills the sperm once it meets the egg before it implants. Mm-hmm. That outlaws plan B. Like, yeah. And like there's no there's no reasoning for why fertilization is the moment that it's a human being. The only reason I can think of is that, well, it's eventually going to become on going to go on to become a human. First of all, yeah. maybe not. You know, Facts. what if it never implants? Maybe it ne- exactly. That like, happens all... Are, are women going to get in trouble for a fertilized egg never implanting? Yeah. Second of all, it's not conscious, and that's a whole thing that goes along with the personal mm-hmm. argument that I won't even get into. Third of all, it's a clump of cells. Yeah. Not a human being yet. And also, why, if it's got the potential to go on to become a human being, then that would mean that um, uh, any kind of sperm, any egg, could go yeah. on to become a human being eventually. Is ridiculous. Like these lines are arbitrary. Because somebody go, because somebody go and get fucking cream pied, and then the dude, <laughs> <laughs> and then the dude, the dude is like, actually, I know that that thing fertilized. You uh-huh. must have gotten an abortion. Uh-huh. I know it never implanted, but pff, I don't know what happened. Right. right. Then you would think that if a uh, if an egg is fertilized and that's a human being now and it never implants, then the mother should like go to jail for negligence. Yeah. Right. Because she just let a kid die. Fucking or you would think like, you would actually think that if a woman is pregnant, right, say she's like five months into pregnancy, clearly a person to the Republican Party, uh-huh. uh, that woman should get paid double at her job because that kid's doing child labor. I saw that too. Or, or that woman shouldn't ever be able to be imprisoned because then that kid, that human being, would uh-huh. be going to jail without due process. Yeah. Like if these, it's it's all arbitrary. It's, it's all fucking arbitrary. It's not I hate it so much. Uh, and you may be asking, is there any hope for this bill being vetoed? Right? Absolutely not. Uh, no, actually. Absolutely there's not. literally no hope because Governor Kevin <sighs> Stitt has already pledged to sign every single abortion ban that comes to his desk. He said he pledged wants to make... to sign yes. it. Let's go. He says he wants to make Oklahoma the most pro-life state in the union. Oh, my God. It's a, <laughs> it's literally a contest. Yeah. It's a fucking contest. Who can make life for people with wombs as difficult as possible? It's what it is. God damn, it's probably going to be Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, moving on a little bit, um, uh, as we mentioned, there are there's a bill that has to do with baby formula that we got to talk about. Oh, yeah. And there's a bill that has to do with gas, pr- gas prices that we got to talk about. Two, two of the most pressing issues mm-hmm. like within like political punditry right now, two of yeah. the issues that people are absolutely talking about. And for good reasons, too, for right? For good reasons. They gas affect prices, people's everyday life. Gas prices have material impacts on people every single day. And they suck right now. Uh, baby formula, very important mm-hmm. for children, you know. To live. It, uh, it, this isn't very pro-life of you. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we got to talk about these two bills. First, let's talk about baby formula. Yes. So uh, for those unaware, about 43% of baby formulas are unavailable right now. They've been missing from store shelves, which has caused a massive crisis. This is happening because of uh, supply chain issues. Uh, there's a contamination issue at this uh, company called Abbott laboratories or something abbott. like that oh wow not has no relation to greg abbott i don't think <laughs> probably um, not but abbott is one of the biggest baby formula suppliers okay um it's basically an oligopoly apparently oh, well, and they it. had some massive contamination uh that ended up like killing two babies two infants wow um so obviously a lot of their product had to be recalled had to be cut off so there's a massive shortage in the united states uh-huh. right now um and a lot of people their take has been just breastfeed 
just breastfeed. Wow. Which is literally wow. like, which is literally the most out of touch thing I've literally ever heard in my entire life. What the fuck? Uh, first of all, what if the woman can't produce breast milk? What if the baby won't latch on? What if it's a single father? What if they adopt it and they're not producing breast milk? I was just about to say, that's some Victor Orban shit right there. <laughs> right, that's like, some hungry shit. You're not considering literally any scenario where this, just where the mother may not be able to breastfeed or the just parent may not be able to. Um, that's been a take I've seen. Surprisingly, Wonderful. it's been surprisingly uh, prominent. Um, but specifically with the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. there were two votes on two bills votes. for this. Two votes. Uh, one of them was a simple measure that would allow the federal government to use money to buy more baby formula for programs uh, that assist women, infants, and children. I think it was WIC specifically. Sounds like that could not be a bad thing at all. And uh, it was voted with, uh, the, the vote was 414 to 9. So it did pass oh, pretty well. okay, okay. It, it passed with just about everyone voting for it. The nine against it were Republicans. Republicans, obviously. Of course. Um, but there was another bill, which would actually go on to make it so these kind of shortages don't happen in the future. Okay. What it did was dedicate $28 million to the FDA to ensure that they have adequate resources and staff to combat this. Which is, future. you know, a part of the issue is there was an oversight right. at the factory, which led to the contamination. Right. Like a few months ago, or it might have been last year or something like that, um, there were issues. There was a whistleblower at Abbott Laboratories, okay. and they were saying, like, this is bad. There's going to be a contamination. Somebody needs to come check this out. FDA went in. The FDA, not having enough resources, didn't really get to do a thorough inspection and just said, yep, this is good. Nothing huh. happened after that. And now we're in this crisis where two children have died because of Abbott factories or wow. Abbott Laboratories, and now we're in a, uh, a baby formula shortage. Wow. Because the FDA didn't have enough resources. That's crazy. And this bill would have dedicated money, or is going to, if it passes fully, is going to dedicate money to the FDA to ensure that they can have adequate resources to ensure that this doesn't happen in the future. It's almost like our um, oversight bodies need money in order to effectively oversight things. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Uh And I want you to guess, dear listener, what do you think the vote was? It was 231 to 192. Only 12 Republicans voted in favor of this bill. Republicans? 192 Republicans voted against it conservative pundits have been fucking kicking and screaming about this baby formula shortage which like yes mm-hmm. yes there there is truth to that like it is a bad thing it is hurting people right but they have been talking about it from the lens their skewed dumb conservative lens yep. that oh this is a policy failure on the part of joe biden this mm-hmm. is joe biden's fault mm-hmm. stuff like that you know Kicking and fucking screaming, but when the people that they tell you to vote for, that they support, that they want in our office, that they believe in, go and do something like this, radio silence, absolute radio silence, and this is where the fucking liberal media Democrats should be coming and slamming them, Yes, and slamming them, running the story 24-7, but that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen some pundits, um, people that, you know, like have podcasts or have their own shows, that kind of thing. Like people like Brian Taylor Cohen, yeah. you know, that guy. Um, like people like him are slamming the Republican Party, but you're not going to see this like plastered on CNN for the exactly. next month. But they don't have audiences of millions of people. Uh-huh. Well, kind of. Like he's, he, Brian Taylor Cohen's a big guy. He's an actual journalist, but they're not CNN. Right. They're not on everybody's TV right. all the time. Right. Like this is a massive issue that is impacting Probably millions of children, millions of mothers right now, disproportionately low income families. And the Republican Party almost unanimously voted against this bill that would allow the Uh FDA to make sure this doesn't happen again. Not very Mm pro-life, not very pro-life at all. And it's like it just goes to show you that the Republican Party will complain, 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 sometimes even cause problems and then blame the Democratic Party for it and then not vote for solutions that would solve it. They just need something to campaign against. Like That's all this is. Um, So not great. Not great. Love that. Love that. 
And the only um, real critique I've seen of this bill from the Republican Party has just been like, oh, but big government. That's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, but the FDA is the one that approved the factory in the first place. So you want to give more money to the FDA who like let this go on? It's Bro, like, yes, so if, they can actually look at things. If the FDA isn't like fucking omniscient, then uh, <laughs> they must not be doing their job. That must be big government's bad, and right. state government is the perfect size. Bro, they must be. The FDA must be omniscient, even with the little funding that we give them. Facts. Um, and if you want to give them any more funding to ensure that you know. Babies can live, survive, mm-hmm. and mothers, you know, don't lose their kids uh, that we force them to give birth to, by the way, yeah. uh, then uh, that's big government. You can't do that. I love it. And I also just love the absolute milk toast response from uh, somebody who handles the supply chain directly, Pete Buttigieg. Oh, my God, Pete bro. Buttigieg coming out the gate saying, um, well, this is a this is a private sector function, and we live in a capitalist society, so the private sector is what needs to sort yeah, this out. Yeah, he, he said, uh, we live in a capitalist society. This is a free market issue, and it really seems like private companies are supposed to deal with this, not the federal government. Exactly, exactly. Clearly, that's what the Republicans were thinking of when they didn't pass this bill. The free market can't fail, and if there's any areas or any times when it seems like industry is failing, uh, it's actually government's fault. Guys, have you ever heard of the invisible hand in laissez-faire economics? It yeah. will clearly spank you when you've been a bad boy. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I've been a very bad boy. Uh, the other bill we got to talk about, though, okay, is the one that has to do with gas prices. Oh, and- another issue that conservatives have been kicking, screaming, farting, shitting, pissing uh-huh. all over throwing the walls up. about throwing forever, up. throwing up, convulsing. They've been they've been pissing, shit, and farting cum uh-huh. when it comes to this issue. <laughs> all at once. <laughs> all at once. Literally all at once. So this is another bill that's passed by the House. It, what it did was it aimed to reduce price gouging, specifically in gas prices, yeah. by outlawing excessive charges for gas at the pump. Uh, it did this by empowering the FTC to pursue legal action and investigate any time there's, like, it perceived violation on mm-hmm. behalf of some company like Exxon Mobil, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's not clear that this bill was really, like, that powerful. It wasn't going to really do much. It, from what I saw, it's going to create a body that will explicitly manage these things, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I think that should just be a thing in general. Yeah, it created a, a new unit at the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, that would focus solely on monitoring gas prices yes. and ensuring that companies aren't just price gouging. Uh-huh. Specifically ensuring, uh, ensuring that if prices are raising in gas for some reason, that it has to do with like like a supply side issue natural rather like, than the company just raising prices to make, you know, to profit off of some crisis or yeah. something like that, which is what they're doing right now, yeah. by the way. Um, sounds good, right? Oh, sounds S- perfect. Sounds pretty reasonable. Sounds good. Sounds like something that probably should have already existed. You know, gas is very important. Oh my God. Uh, we have other units in the federal government that monitor things like food prices and stuff uh-huh. like that. Just makes sense. It's a commodity. People should be need. a thing. Uh, well, the Republican Party didn't think so. And four Democrats also didn't think so. Yeah, because the vote was 217 to 207. Again, wow. four Democrats wow. voting against it. Uh, with gas prices averaging, like, what, 460 right now across mm-hmm. the country? Mm-hmm. I paid um, 478 for gas the other day. Right. It seems like the Republican Party literally doesn't fucking care if you have to pay a lot at the pump. Yeah. But they will complain as much as possible about because, it. Because you're impeding with the free market. Yeah. Again, you are impeding with the free market. Uh, you're impeding the free market, um, and it's Joe Biden's fault, though, that this is happening, not the free market's fault. Exactly. Everything good <laughs> yeah, is the free so market. True. Everything bad is Joe Biden. And price gouging is okay, especially if you're Thomas Sowell and you write in one of your <laughs> books that um, price gouging during Hurricane Katrina was actually a good thing, and mm-hmm. that's just a part of the free market, and you have to take that on the chin. Yeah, bro. It's really like the free market is such a natural process, uh, and the decision to raise prices during a time of crisis for people that really need these commodities— uh-huh. 
Uh, that's also a very natural process. Exactly. That isn't happening just exclusively to make more profit. <laughs> now, you may be wondering, uh, what's the reasoning here? You know, like, like, like what's going on? What is, why what's why going is this on? happening? What's going on? Um, How is this going to affect the Republican Party somehow claimed that this would actually worsen the gas crisis right now, wow. not make it better in the future? Wow. Uh, specifically, Republican Debbie Lesko in the House. Okay. So she voted against it because, quote, first they blamed it on COVID gas prices. Then they blamed it on Putin. It's not like gas literally went to zero dollars a barrel during like the onset of the pandemic. And so gases were at a historic low. And so any increase from then on was like a perceived increase in gas prices. And it's not like there were massive supply shocks and OPEC companies, which we covered on one of our episodes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Get this, though. She said they blamed it on Putin. And now they're blaming it on mom and pop gas stations who are what? just who are struggling to get by. What the fuck is a mom and pop gas station? <laughs> yeah, you they're, know they're blaming Exxon. on British Petroleum. <laughs> you know Exxon is is what I think of when I think mom and pop. <laughs> when have you ever seen a gas station that wasn't explicitly like a huge company? Yeah, bro. I just when I think like you know small business, I really think the. I really think the energy industry. Dude, words don't fucking mean anything anymore. Uh Mom and pop does these mom and pop retailers like Target and Walmart are getting hit the hardest with this baby (laughs) formula shortage. Like they're just making shit up. It's it's so funny. Like mom and pop's gas stations. Name me one gas company that's just owned by a family. You know? Literally, like how the fuck? I've never. I don't think in my entire twenty-one years of existing, I've ever seen a gas station that wasn't British Petroleum, Exxon Mobil, Marathon, uh-huh. any of the other fucking big ones. Like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty interesting quote there, and I just I, I really love. I think this really exemplifies how again, similar to the baby formula stuff. Yeah. Republicans will complain nonstop about a crisis. Yeah. Kicking and screaming, shitting and farting. Uh huh. Blaming it on Joe Biden, blaming it on the Democrats, even if they're the ones in power. And then they will do absolutely nothing. They won't even offer policy alternatives yeah. to fix the problem. I saw the the only person that voted no to this that I saw actually offer a policy alternative was some fucking Democrat. Mm-hmm. And they said, actually, instead of doing this, I think we should temporarily get rid of the gas tax, which is like, yeah, that would like lower prices yeah. for a little bit. Until the companies with no oversight from the new FTC body raise the prices back to what it was before the gas tax was taken off just to profit. Mm -hmm. And then they can lie about supply because companies lie. What's the the federal gas tax is like six cents per gallon or something Something like that. that, Yeah, I guarantee you 100 percent that if Democrats completely passed, somehow got it through the Senate. Passed a bill that eliminated the gas tax, uh, the federal gas tax, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Say it's six cents. I guarantee you that companies would raise their prices immediately to make it extra the next day to make an extra six cents on the gallon or even more because they know that Democrats would still just be blamed for that. Exactly, and nobody pays attention to like gas prices within like the five cent range. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's when you see the big jumps, like four fifty, four seventy, four sixty. Yeah. That's when you yeah. see it. Six cents. Nobody really pays attention to. Nobody pays attention to the day. Daily fluctuations in gas prices unless you're an insane like oil future trader. Yeah. And I want to remind you that gas prices right now are so high because there's literally a war in Europe and there's <laughs> sanctions on the country, on one of the countries that we buy the most oil from. Yeah. Sanctions that Republicans wanted to and voted for. Insane. Insane. I love it. Yeah. 
And I also want to note that in other places of the world right now, like in uh, countries in Europe and places like Japan, gas prices are higher there in USD than they are here. In Canada, they're like $8 a gallon. Yeah. Like USD, they're $8 uh-huh. a gallon. And they, like they're just they're just making shit up. I know. They're just making shit up. Like it's not some domestic policy shift. It has nothing to do with fracking, nothing to do with pipelines. There's a war in Europe. There are pre-existing supply chain issues. And there's literally still a pandemic going on. And everybody's just fucking silent about this. Yeah. Even the free market conservatives, they're not even coming out here like, oh yeah, well, this is just a function of the free market. You have to take it on the chin. It's Joe Biden. It's yeah. Joe Biden's fault. It's Joe Biden's they fault. They cannot ever admit that the free market and can be wrong. You got a bunch of like liberal, neoliberal, conservative economists that are getting mad at Democrats when they say, no, it's corporations price gouging during a time of crisis uh-huh. because they know they can profit when everyone thinks it's going to be Joe Biden's fault. But that's literally what it is. Yeah. Like you can um, you can put the graphs of how much a barrel of oil costs and how much gas prices have increased next to each other. And uh, oil barrels have it's, only gone down. It's like an X. Yes. It's like an X. These prices are not at market equilibrium. Uh-uh. Crazy. Mm-mm. Crazy. And again, it's got nothing to do with domestic policy. Nothing's really changed in our energy policy. I know Joe Biden said no new fracking permits, mm-hmm. but there's still fracking happening in the United States. There's still a bunch of unused land, too. Uh-huh. And it seems like, like I don't know... I don't know the specifics on this policy, but I know Joe Biden said he was going to release what is like 60 million barrels of oil or 20 million, something like that. It was something like and, that. From yeah. reserves. And it seemed like gas prices went down marginally for a bit and now they're mm-hmm. back up again. Crazy how there is still a war. Yeah. Still a war happening in Ukraine. Wow. Uh, something that Republicans literally, like some of them just openly support fucking Russia, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And yes. they also, but they also, that's the thing, is, it blows my mind because they called for sanctions on Russia. They said we need to do more to prevent this war. We need to do more to stop this war. They voted for sanctions on Russia, knowing it would increase gas prices. We said it would increase gas prices. And then they blamed it on Joe Biden when everyone wanted it. There's a Tucker Carlson quip clip from, I believe, November, where he's talking to somebody and he says, he says, well, why should we as Americans really even be supporting Ukraine in this issue? How does that help us <laughs> as Americans, the people here? Wild. Wow. It's okay to side with fascism when you have something to gain. Well, you know, people over in Ukraine aren't human beings. Exactly. Um, why so. should we care what happens in Poland when Germany is over there and we're over here? Well, I mean, like, we're separated from Europe by a whole ocean. Uh, <laughs> if those people die, I'll never know. <laughs> I'll never come in contact The lines between countries are real. You know what I mean? Like, these are, they are real. They're actually there. Yeah. I've seen them. They're on the map. They're not drawn. <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the map. So if people are dying in another country, what do I care? Look, I can point to them. <laughs> yeah. It's not like if uh, even just, like, speaking purely economically, not even thinking about the humanitarian impact, it's not as if war is going to hurt us regardless. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's not as if, you know, Europe isn't going to put on sanctions regardless of what we do, and that would also impact how we're able to get oil from Europe. In a global economy where every country is intimately, like, uh, intertwined, with uh-huh. each other economically uh it's okay wars are okay mm-hmm. they don't affect literally everyone when yeah. they happen nothing else would be affected i love it absolutely i love it um ultimately unclear if either bill is gonna pass they both passed in the house um i don't even know if the gas bill has enough support in the senate i mean joe manchin's literally Definitely a barrel of oil and coal <laughs> so i i don't think that he is going to vote in favor i of think the we should bill. have coal run cars guys yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I don't think the gas bill will pass, and I well, I'm certain neither bill can get sixty votes. Absolutely not. Um, baby formula bill, uh, maybe, but the probably not. The WIC bill, yeah, yeah. The WIC bill probably will pass. I already had a lot of support, um, but the baby formula bill to uh, help the FDA out, 
Definitely Future not. shortage is not going to pass. Definitely not. Um, and there's no other reason you need them. The Republican Party hates you and hates women and hates kids and literally wants you to suffer and wants to get elected still. So. Uh, and I put that on God. Yep. Just another example of how our political structures don't actually foster collaboration. They foster obstructionism. Exactly. Uh, and that's all the Republican Party knows how to do because they don't guys, actually believe in anything. what happened to bipartisanship? Yeah. What happened to yeah. it, you know? And it, it blows my mind because it's like, um, sure, they can make the big ar- big government argument about the FDA bill, like whatever. It, it's all nonsense, but they're going to do that anyway. <laughs> but the gas prices bill, it's it's like it's not even a blanket lowering of prices. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the government saying you have to lower your prices mm-hmm. or something bad's going to happen. We're going to tax you more, whatever. It is creating a unit of the government to go through the pre-existing legal systems to ensure uh-huh. that customers aren't being fucking ripped off. Everyone, and I mean fucking everyone, hates price gouging. Yes. They just don't like it when the government does something about price gouging because conservatives have tricked people into thinking that when government does something bad, mm-hmm. it's literally the Ronald Reagan line. The worst thing that you can that can knock on your door is the government saying they want to help. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely fucking absurd. And Democrats should be screaming about this for the mm-hmm. next like six months. Yeah. Like nonstop. Forever like, until gas prices are back down. Every Democrat in Congress should be saying we tried to pass a bill that would work to lower gas prices and get baby formula back on the shelves. But the Republican Party opposed both of those measures. But bipartisanship. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a that's not respectful. Yeah. No, that, they, that doesn't foster decorum in these sacred halls. Well, you know, the Republican Party really needs to be stronger. We need a stronger <laughs> Republican Party. And if we're tearing each other down. I mean, how, how is that going to be? A house divided cannot stand. Well, it's like if you know, if uh, if Democrats start tearing Republicans down, then like that'll just make it so Republicans don't vote on future bills that Democrats want to pass. You know, exactly. Then and they'll run them. obstruction, right? Like that might encourage Republicans to not support other Democratic policies. Guys, if, if we give Republicans what they want, they might vote for it. What the, and that's okay. We just need mm-hmm. more people participating. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what they're voting for. It mm-hmm. matters that they're voting for it. Because well, you know, there is hope right now that Republicans might vote for some Democrat policies further down the line. Exactly. Because they're really incentivized to do that. <laughs> Anyways, that's Democrats that. do a great job. But uh, speaking of Democrats actually doing a great job. Oh, nice. New York State passed a bill within mm-hmm. their state Senate. It was Senate Bill SB 7527, and it aims to address uh, like sort of what we see in the Young Thug and Gunna cases okay. and rap lyrics used in court. Free my friends, friend of the pod. Exactly. Both friends um, of the pod. It's unironically a little bit free take Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, while murder was bad, a lot of the things that happened in his case were bad. And I just wanted to talk about it here and highlight yeah, this bill because yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's good and I think a little bit of optimism is okay. So, basically, what this bill aims to do is it aims to um, outlaw any use of lyrics in court okay. that haven't been proven to be factually true. Nice. A very good thing because yeah. we've seen in a lot of cases, like Takei's case that I'm going to bring up, if you aren't familiar with Takei, literally killed some guy, which is bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to run defense for that whatsoever. Uh-huh. But what's also bad is that the prosecutor decided to play his music in court. Court must have been it, bumping. It, that's what I'm saying. The race unironically goes crazy. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Court it does. Been, like, going crazy. It there, does. It do. Roll exhibit five. <laughs> it's just everyone bumping in the courthouse. Fuck. Dude, no, yeah. The race unironically goes hard, but they played the race. They played a couple of other songs, I'm pretty sure. And I think it's obvious that this whole strategy relies on a juror's preconceived notions about black people to sort of get them a harsher penalty and make them more likely to believe that this kid did the murder. And it's like, if any of the jurors have listened to Ben Shapiro... 
Yeah. And they already think that rap isn't music. No, literally. <laughs> they, like, that's evidence. They, they already think that rap isn't music, that it promotes violence. Because yeah. Fox News, every time Kendrick drops an album, except the recent one, they always talk about how this is violent music. This uh-huh. is this is hoodlum stuff. Was it, There was famously um, somebody talking about, what was the DNA, I think? Yes. Like, on Fox News. And they were like, look, he's saying, like, kill people. Or no, he sampled it in DNA. Like, yeah. I think he was talking about Good Kid, Mad yeah, City. Yeah, that's what it was. Or To Pimp a Butterfly. And then he sampled it within DNA. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. No, it's insane. It's insane. And rap lyrics are used in a lot of cases strictly to hurt black people. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's it's just racist. It's just racism, yeah. as you'll find a lot of the legal system is. But this is more explicit racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's explicit racism, and it is like a direct repression of free speech. That's what you I was going to say. Like you're, you're directly uh, attacking freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. Like, y- y- you're really going to hold a li- artist liable for, like, themes of his work. Right. You know what and, I mean? And you know that, like, like... fictional themes of his work. You know that white people in, like, rock and roll that are saying, like, I want to kill this person are, are not... They're not being, like, prosecuted for that stuff. Cannibal Corpse, the yeah. fucking metal band, literally has a song about how I keep guns in my house for murder. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> Dude got, I think, his house raided for doing illegal activities, and they found that, yes, he has guns and human skulls in his house. <laughs> yeah. Like, that lyric is factually true. I think that's okay, because, yeah, if it's factually true, but that's a whole other thing, and I think it's funny that now, like, what, our lawyer is going to be specializing in capping your rap? <laughs> yeah. You're going to have music theorists <laughs> in the courtroom? <laughs> You're going to have lawyers up there saying, yeah, I think I think Tory Lanez is totally fronting about being from the streets. Right, the district attorney's <laughs> office is about to hire some music theorists. Denzel some- Curry <laughs> is definitely no Florida jit, if you ask me. <laughs> Your Honor, but is he a Florida jit though? <laughs> but is he really a Florida jit? Are you? Did Vince Staples really grow up in these streets? <laughs> Judges like Fifth Circuit judge is gonna have to listen to the new Kendrick Lamar album. <laughs> to listen to the the baby album. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals are gonna have to listen to a North North by uh-huh. Vince Staples. <laughs> yeah. Just like you know that that one viral video from a while ago is like some white mom talking about how it came on on the radio and yeah. she yeah. said it word for word. <laughs> She phonetically pronounced the N word. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that video. That's but funny. anyway, anyway, I digressed, and I just wanted to highlight that bill because I think it's strictly a good thing for protecting not only freedom of expression yeah. but also just trying to get rid of racism, mm-hmm. which is great because no one's ever brought up a metal lyric, no one's ever brought up a rock lyric in court. Yeah, maybe in the '80s you had people talking about how rock and metal are violent, but it was never used against people to put them in jail. Yeah. And in TK's case specifically, he was a 17-year-old who did a, a very bad thing. Like, I will admit, yeah. murder, very bad. Not defending that. But he's being put away for 55 years and then some for that crime. Uh-huh. As a minor, for something he did as a minor, his whole life is gone now. And they use the lyrics to help make that sentence harsher. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ridiculous. Because it, it's like... Like, yeah, he did something awful, but again, like you said, it would just be playing, it's just, using that music in court is just to play off of the racial biases of people in yeah. the court to make it so this person is punished even more than and, he, I mean, he to be fair, the racial biases of the judge. Like, let's, yeah, let's exactly. be real here. Yeah. And the judge as well. Because, like, if you, if you were just in, like, a common court case and, you know, it's some uh, black rapper 
and you know the judge is already racist mm-hmm. and then they hear the music they're going to be more racist it's yeah. just gonna, it's going to like activate something in their brain no, literally. where they become more racist it's like you you when the rico charges against gunna and young thug first dropped you you saw a lot of people making memes like this is me undercover in the jury when they uh-huh. play like and then they play a young thug song and they're bumping to it it's like, that but unironically happens uh-huh. like it's it's ridiculous it's yeah. absurd it's absurd yeah. and i wanted to talk about a good thing that happened this week i'm about to specialize in capping your rap Oh shit! Get me, me in there. Yeah. Get me in there. A, you are no Florida jit. I'm gonna be a sleeper agent. As soon as they turn on the music, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna activate. You, you didn't in a really. Good way. You didn't really grow up in these streets. It's just the whitest fucking lawyer. Yeah. Did you mean it when you said you grew up in these streets? Uh, anyways, moving on to our last story here. Oh, fun one. Last story of the day. Uh, quick trigger warning. For uh, topics of sexual assault, yes, you're susceptible to that because we got to talk about Elon Musk. Um, so Almost last every week, week it seems. Oh my fucking god, I'm tired <laughs> of hearing about this guy. Uh, last week, Business Insider, the publication, yes, reported that Elon Musk exposed himself to a SpaceX flight attendant, rubbed her leg without consent, and asked for a, an erotic massage. Oh, who did? Um, wow. He also apparently offered to buy her a horse if she was willing to quote do more during this massage. Oh. On a flight. Oh. Um, this happened back in 2016, and these claims were brought up in 2018 after the flight attendant has was starting to lose shifts because she kept refusing to do this stuff because yeah. she, she didn't want to. Naturally, um, because you're just trying to do your fucking job yes. and not be sexually harassed. Because, you know, you were hired as a, uh, a flight attendant. Exactly. Not a personal masseuse for Elon Musk. And, yeah, not um, an escort. But she's, she thought she was being retaliated against because she was starting to lose shifts because she refused to do, you know, sex favors for mm-hmm. the most well, the wealthiest man in the world. Someone who has an, an immense seat of power. Yeah. And in 2018, SpaceX settled the case by paying the flight attendant $250,000. Wow. Um, and making her sign an NDA, of course. Yeah, naturally. she can't talk about naturally. it. Naturally. I loved Ben Shapiro's tweet about this that said, oh, he only paid her $250,000. That means whatever he's trying to cover up must not have been that bad. <laughs> You see that? You know what I'm talking about? I didn't see that, but I believe you. Fucking insane, dude. <laughs> $250,000 immediately to me sounded like an admission of guilt. That's what I'm saying. Like, That's a lot of money. Because um, I know Elon Musk at one point tweeted that at Tesla, he would always fight uh, false accusations and he would always work to settle true accusations. Uh-huh. Um, and this is at SpaceX. Also, Elon Musk owned. That's so. But it's not Tesla, so he didn't like oh, say yeah, it yeah. for space. Move the goalpost <laughs> real quick. Dude, and I just also want to talk about we we tweeted about this. Yeah. Obviously. And somebody got in our replies yep. and said all he did was expose his penis to her. That's not that bad. I'm sure she's not traumatized. Yeah. This commenter, <laughs> this commenter who may have been one of the boss that Elon Musk has been complaining about so much. Dude, I said, hope. Said, I'm also a woman, and being ex- <laughs> someone exposing themselves to me wouldn't be that bad. Cool. Like, good for you. I fucking get you still can't do that. Yeah. You can't sexually assault people at work. Still illegal. It's still very illegal. Uh now apparently for some context, this woman had uh become a flight attendant uh with the purpose of being a flight attendant. Yeah. Um in the story they they talked about how she just wanted to like have a job where she could travel and you know enjoy her work, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um and then she was encouraged after she started, again, not a part of the hiring process, yeah. wasn't she didn't know it was going to be a soft job requirement, basically. She was encouraged to start giving Elon Musk massages. Wild. Uh, Already was, wildly inappropriate, she, mind you. Yeah. She was also encouraged to use her own money to take masseuse classes. And she obviously refused. The richest man in the world can't eat. Mm-hmm. I'm sick, bro. I'm fucking sick. How, it's eat the rich. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and about this, Elon Musk actually had some words to say because he literally can't help himself. Um, of course. He first said there's, quote, so much more to this story. And what? then he said, I, I exposed so much more of myself. <laughs> <laughs> he also had said on Twitter um, something like, name one scar or uh, deformation about my body that you remember if this is a real story. But it's... <laughs> He basically said, um, tell me what's wrong with my penis. No <laughs> way. You remember it. No way. Yeah, he tweeted it. <laughs> he tweeted it. He was like, if these accusations are real, then you can tell me uh, what scars or visible marks you saw on my body. That's how you know right there that he did it. Like, yeah. Like, that's how you know he's trying so hard. Uh, he also said, quote, if I were inclined to engage in sexual harassment, this is unlikely to be the first time in my 30-year career that it comes to light. Yeah, but exactly. It's unlikely to be the first time in your 30-year career. That's what I'm saying. Why would he phrase it like that? Like, if dude, okay, for one minute, we'll assume dude is actually innocent. Why would he phrase it like Did that? Did bro never hear of Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's literally the argument is like, I've never been caught, so it must be fake. Exactly. Come on. You've never heard about this before, even though I've already literally <laughs> paid someone and made them sign an NDA to never talk about this before. Yeah. Yeah, he also claimed it was a politically motivated hit piece, of course, because he just came out as a Republican. I, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though the closet was a glass door, basically. Yeah. I think Trevor Noah said this during his correspondence dinner, but we've gotten to a point where people can feel comfortable enough to come out as Republicans. Um, so that's progress. <laughs> that's real progress. No, but he said it was a politically motivated hit piece because on Twitter he just said, like, political attacks against me are going to increase over the next few weeks. And he, he dropped that, like, a day before the news broke, right? Yeah. It was either one or two days before the news broke. He was reached for comment before the news dropped. Uh -huh. So what I saw and what I'm thinking is that whatever article, like, was it Business Insider you said yep, that yep, dropped it? Yep. Business Insider reached out to him for comment, and he said, oh, no, this is bad. No comment. This is a good time to, you know— sort of stir the public opinion already in my course and invoke yep. like misgivings that conservatives have about the me too movement mm -hmm. in order to curb this PR disaster. No, literally because even if, even if he was reached, um, if he, even if he was reached after that tweet came out, I guarantee you because he's the richest person on the planet yeah. that he has his hands in enough pies that he can figure out if a story about him is going to drop soon before uh -huh. it goes public. Uh -huh. So I guarantee you, he's just trying to get out ahead of this and blame the media and say that, no, I'm the real victim here, not the yeah. person that I traumatized. No, it's a political attack because nobody's ever attacked Democrats for sexual harassment. And, like, what he said is literally what came true uh -huh. because he was saying, I'm a Republican now, I'm a Republican voter, and Republicans came to his defense yeah. because they cannot help but defend a sexual harasser. <laughs> Laura, uh, I think it was Lauren Bobart, literally said, like, Dude, look, that he identified as a Republican and now he's being attacked already for the, it's the Me Too movement out of control. Like, come on. Lauren Bobart was probably the girl in our fucking replies on that tweet. It's probably. probably her sock account. That yeah. shit's great. When my husband exposed his penis to me, I didn't mind. Yeah. I married him. I married him. I liked it, in fact. No, it's literally just, he knew this was coming down the pipeline, so he came up with an excuse to try to blame the media and dodge responsibility. It's all of this. God damn, bro. Uh, and you may be wondering how this all came up, because the flight attendant, like I said, did have to sign an NDA, which, side tangent, NDA is incredibly predatory already. Especially in a situation like this. NDA should not exist in yeah. any fucking capacity, yeah. I will say. Um, but her close friend didn't sign an NDA, and her close friend, she confided in her before she signed the NDA, so Excellent. that's why the story's coming to light. Always um, talk to your peeps. So her friend is not legally tied to maintain secrecy or anything, and that's who gave the leak to Business Insider. 
Um, so yeah, that about sums up the sexual harassment claims against Elon Musk. So that's wow, fun. Elon Musk proving week after week to be a really good dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, really good dude. Uh, in other Elon news, though, oh. very briefly, he's been complaining almost daily about the number of bots on Twitter. Oh. Um, he's been saying that like it's like twenty to twenty five percent of bots on Twitter, twenty to twenty five percent of users on Twitter are bots. And he's saying this is so much more than I was originally told. I was originally told it was less than five percent. Now I'm discovering it's twenty five percent of people on Twitter are actually bots. Um, and I think okay. he's just using this as a pretext to eventually say he's backing out of the Twitter deal. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm sure I'm sure that he did the Twitter thing because he realized that oh conservatives are gonna love me for this. Mm-hmm. I can come out as a Republican afterwards, and uh-huh. then they're gonna love me even more. And he can back out of the deal without them ever critically fucking thinking about it. Uh-huh. And they're just gonna think oh yeah, Twitter it's just this fucked liberal platform. Even Elon can't save it. Yeah, just about uh, just a reminder that just about everything Elon Musk says he's gonna do never fucking happens. Mm-hmm. The cyber truck the hyperloop literally everything he said about spacex like all of it is just kind of a fucking facade and anything that does get done is because of the workers that he doesn't pay enough i think that he said in 2017 that he just had a like contracts approved to build a hyperloop from dc to new york yeah or something something like like that. that That never fucking happened. Yeah. The the Las Vegas hyperloop happened and it was a disaster. But <laughs> Greg it, Abbott has done more for interstate travel <laughs> than Elon Musk has. And um, that's just that's not saying much. That's a deep cut. That's not saying much. Um, and he might still go through with it. It might still end up happening, but I'm gonna guess that he's laying the groundwork for him to eventually back out and say, like, oh well, it's not my fault and yeah. wipe his hands of it all. Because you know, he's literally an expert at dodging responsibility. Yeah. Uh, And also, just another side note, I guarantee you, and I've already seen some analysis about this out there, that Elon Musk is only doing all of this fucking talking and throwing himself into the limelight at every possible opportunity Mm -hmm. uh, because he knows that there's been an upsurge in worker activity and collective action, and he's fucking terrified and trying to save face for the capitalist class. I saw saw a fucking video he posted. Uh, I saw it on TikTok where he was like, um, actually, uh, unions are just so in the pocket of Democrats, and unions, they, they aren't for the people like you think they are. And he was just talking about union this, union that, union this. But he is, of course. Yeah, he's for <laughs> when, the people. When his interests are fundamentally opposed to who he claims to be the people, <laughs> he's certainly for the people. Like, don't get me wrong, there can be problems with unions. There can be problems with any organization. Sometimes yeah. it can be top-down. Uh, historically, the AFL-CIO, biggest union in the United States, has been very racist yeah. to black workers in the past. Um, but, like, you got to wonder why he thinks, and a lot of people think, unions are very pro-Democrat. It's only, it, it's almost as if the Democratic Party is really the only mainstream party in the country out of the two that kind of support workers. That lie about supporting workers, yeah. yeah. And all the unions you've seen pop up recently, like with Starbucks, uh, John Deere, et cetera, um, they've been pretty hopeful. Like they, yeah. They've seemed like they've been pretty grassroots, um, pretty much adhering to the people that make up the union. Unions can be very good. Yeah. Um, and I would also argue that no matter how corrupt a union gets, it's always going to be better than a fucking top-down authoritarian like Elon Musk. Absolutely. Absolutely. But even now, conservatives are just mask off about being authoritarians. Yeah, yeah. They're just, they, they just are, dude. It's yeah. ridiculous. I just, yeah. I can't believe that so millions of people worship this fucking idiot. I know. I can't believe he is going to be responsible for a huge poll drive. In the Republican Party come the midterms. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's all because he doesn't want to pay taxes and he doesn't want to pay his workers fairly. And you got to think like all of the crypto bros that follow him, however many thousands or millions of people that support him that never really cared about the political process are now going to go vote Republican. He's galvanized 
so many fucking people. Because yeah. just about every crypto bro I've ever talked to or interacted with never gave a shit about politics. Yeah. You know, they were obviously, you know, openly homophobic, probably a little bit racist. They're they're the uh, apolitical crowd. Right. With air quotes. The apolitical crowd that obviously hates minority groups. But now they're going to be galvanized to go and vote. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, and it's strictly just because Republicans are more willing to crush workers than Democrats are. That's I all it is. I fucking just, I hate crypto bros. I hate finance bros. I saw another TikTok the other day about this one dude saying, uh, liberals and leftists love to talk to you about how corporations aren't paying their fair share. But even though they had the lowest effective corporate income tax rate, they actually paid the most because of their record profits that they've ever had. Like the number <laughs> was higher than before, even though the interest rate was low, the, the tax rate was lower. Okay. They can clearly pay more then. Yeah. Then you've proven to me that they can afford to pay more. Yeah. What, what are you doing? They're, Why are you running defense like, for these people where, that don't care about you? Where are those tax dollars going, big dog? Exactly. Like, it's not going back to working class people. And also the record profits thing is just evidence that workers are having more and more siphon for them than ever before. Exactly. And if it's not going to taxes, it's not going to the workers. Who's it going to? It's yeah. going to administration. It's uh-huh. it's widening the already 327 thousand times 327 times more that ceos make than their fucking like massive gap worker yeah insane and that's like on average yeah no (laughs) literally the average is a a ceo or a c-level employee makes 327 times more money than like their workers yeah and that's like the average amongst like what fortune 500 companies or something like that like that's not even accounting for everybody insane insane i read it in my fucking sociology textbook i cannot remember what it is though crazy um just so you know elon musk sucks um, don't support him. Elon Musk sucks. Capitalism uh, pretty bad. I would like to have beef with him because I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we already got beef with one of his supporters, apparently. For real? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, on the Twitter thing that you mentioned. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah that's right, that's Probably, right. Um, so hopefully we're going to get more smoke. Like, we're a small-time podcast, you know what I Facts. mean? Like, right Facts. now, we got, like, a 1,000 listeners each week. Someone's just coming to us for smoke about Elon Musk out of nowhere. Like, come on. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, like, not even not even one of his more defensible acts. Sexual harassment. <laughs> like, Literally, it's not even like they were saying, no, actually, crypto's the future. You just don't understand how markets work. You don't get this. It's, guys, it's not that big of a deal that he just whipped it well, out for one of his They weren't even denying the accusation. Fucking insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. This person accepted the accusations as true. It's like they and, said they're a woman, too. Like, okay. <laughs> None of it is real. Our He's not going to see this. Uh, <laughs> is he paying you for this? Maybe it's a bot that he set up. Oh, my goodness. Um, our political environment is not real. None of this is real. It must be a simulation. She tweeted that and thought, he must want me for real. <laughs> I wish he would expose himself to me. I would like it. Anyways, I think that um, I think that ends the episode. <laughs> uh, I hope the news wasn't too terrible because it was kind of awful this uh, week. Yeah, kind of yeah, bad. New, week. News wasn't that great. Um, but before we go, you know, uh, one day we're trying to be a Fortune 500 company. Oh God! One day we're trying to uh, e- widen even more, bump that average up of gap between worker and capitalist. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So we got to thank the people that started it all. We got to thank our financial backers, the people That's who right. are getting us to that Fortune people 500 we status. Could not do it without. So we got to give a special thanks to Cricket Scrapbook Layouts, Nikki Nine Lives, Keaton Kraut, Terrence Nicholson, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, Talia Katz, 40% Spite, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, John G, The B-Plot, Clayton LaFort, Ash Fairblood, Mark Yeager, Sarah McRoberts, Derek Messina, Dylan B, Satan's Menstrual Cycle, The Mind Sculptors, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Jim Bobs, Carl D, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Meyer, Maldonado, Hunter W., 
for Lockie and Jeremy's mom. Love seeing all those new names. Uh-huh. Love seeing those new names. Lots of new names. Lots of new names. Thank you all for supporting the show on Patreon. From um, the bottom of my heart. You guys are going to make us uh, probably the number one uh, profitable company in the world one day. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. We're going to need to pump these numbers up. Yeah, we're going we to start, we're gonna start um, uh, just like a mega media company. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to pay people literally nothing. I'm going to figure out how to exploit all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're paying for it. That's right. And you're paying for it. And you're supporting this dream of ours. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week.